This week, we talk our top 10 cast member jobs you can have at Walt Disney World, and we also are joined by a very special guest on the 169th episode of the Disney Dads Podcast. Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a month. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. There's a touch of madness around here. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Disney Dads Podcast. Show it's a little about us, a lot about Disney, and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin. And tonight, I am so excited to be seeing the two faces right across from me. Mike, of course, is here, and the big guy is not here again this week because his work schedule is just crazy, and he's actually working right now as we speak, and uh, so he's not going to be here this week, but we have one of our amazing friends standing up, standing in, the great, the amazing Mr. Joe Q. How are you, sir? Justin, what's going on, brother? Happy holidays, first of all. It's yeah, uh, man. It's post post Thanksgiving, right? So it's uh, it's officially officially the holiday season. How did your Thanksgiving go? Did you eat so much you were comatose for the day? Did you space it out or? So I will let you in a little secret. I did step on a scale this morning, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." <laughs> so no, I actually had a I had a great week. I was actually in Orlando. Uh, was with my brother and his family, my parents brothers-in-laws and my wife, myself. And we actually stayed off property at Orange Lake and uh, did two days in Disney and then just did a lot of golfing down there. Nice. And uh, it was like a fantastic week. But yeah, uh, got to get back. I ran five miles this morning, so I'm back on the, the <laughs> on the diet. I need to so. do something. I, I caught myself. We uh, we had I went out to Mexican last night and had a few margaritas and I caught myself at two in the morning, literally dipping turkey into cranberry sauce. And like just shoving <laughs> in my mouth at two in the morning. I was like, what have you become? You know, if there was a mirror in our kitchen, I'd be like, what have you become? Stop it. Uh, Mike, buddy, I haven't, I've chatted with you a little bit, but we've been so busy with traveling and the holidays, man. How was Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, unlike Joe, I do not put batteries in my scale till January. So uh, after, after, from now till then, it's uh, all bets are off. You're good all year. Now's your time to just kind of indulge a little bit. So you're a better man than me by stepping on the scale. So I'll wait till the last week of January. I'll get my New Year's resolution in there and kick back on the diet. But uh, but uh, Thanksgiving was good. Got to spend it with my mom and dad, which is nice. Uh, haven't seen them. We were uh, got to see them for Thanksgiving, had a little bit of a dinner, and uh, it was nice. You know, it's nice when they get to see the grandkids and, and uh, take part in a little bit of a family activity. You know, a small little group, and, you know, quiet and uneventful is the way to have a holiday because uh, we've had some doozies before, and uh, this was a nice and uneventful. Yeah, it's one of those things, man, especially this year of all years, I don't feel guilty for just stuffing my face and, you know— overindulging more than most years i'm like yeah whatever eh, you deserve it this year this is, yeah. the, this is the year to do it yeah. it's funny though that's my excuse for everything now though i'm like <laughs> i deserve it this year you know i deserve it it's it's fun i just i just that. i just can't i just can't believe it's already like december already like it's it's just absolutely i know it's a crazy thing with with everything going on and being a crazy year you know it's, it's a little different down here in florida but i've even reached out to some friends about like new year's and stuff it just Nobody knows what's going on for anything. I think it was just gonna be like hanging out at home doing nothing. It's because it's such a crazy year. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 nuts. Well, uh, speaking of Florida, man, you and I share very similar weather, and 
It's freezing here tonight. I mean, it's freezing. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gonna be. I see Mike on 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 the call here right now, and he's got his hooded sweatshirt on and stuff. I'll tell you, it's gonna be a low of thirty nine here tonight in uh, Metropolitan Daytona Beach. So uh, it's uh, we're getting our anybody who says Florida doesn't get season change doesn't has never lived here before, <laughs> at least in Central Florida. So. Would you prefer? So as Mike, somebody lived up north, right? You like snow. Mm-hmm. You like no. snow too. No, so you like I, it for a moment, right? Uh, the brief moment. The novelty wears off after the first hour. But would ahead. you like to see snow in Central Florida on a vacation? No, that's the last thing I want to see. Uh, I'm coming down to Central Florida in a few weeks. I'm my first time ever going to be in Florida for Christmas. So uh, we're going to be at Disney World. And, man, if it's this cold then, I'm really going to be upset. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of getting away, right? But I think Joe and I get super spoiled. I'm like, this is nonsense. I didn't sign up for this. That's not what I wanted. Um, well, I tell you, man, one of the things, too, is, is great is you have a trip planned. Finally, Mike, I'm so excited. Mike still has yet to see Galaxy's Edge. Um, he's had multiple trips planned and then canceled. Um, so I'm excited for you to get in Galaxy's Edge, and I'm excited to be in the Magic Kingdom again. Uh, lots of cool stuff going on. And, man, it was a last-minute trip. I think you saw pictures, and you were like, yep, I'm in. I'm doing this. Uh, let's roll. But that brought to, the, to my mind, I thought, you know what? If we take a journey back, right, and we look back at, let's say, January of last year, of this year, of 2020, January of 2020, this is before the parks closed, before COVID, before all this, and we looked at all the amazing cast members that were there, okay, and all the amazing jobs that are there, I thought, you know what? It's going to go back to normal before sooner than later. We're going to be back to all of our cast members, all of our, our, uh, our jobs that, that we've lost, but they're all going to be back before we know it. It's a positive, positive outlook with Disney in the future. And that got me thinking, what are my top 10 cast member jobs that are inside the Walt Disney Parks? Because there are so many great jobs inside the Disney Parks that I look at cast members doing and I'm like, whoa. I would love to do that. That would be one of my favorite things to do. Uh, guys, we came up with our list as a team here. I sent it to you all, and we, uh, we went over a little bit. And uh, I think we all agreed this is kind of, uh, you know, the best we can come up with. I think there may be a couple that maybe we would add or move, and we'll go over that as we go along. But, guys, let's start at number 10, the 10 best jobs as a cast member at Disney. And uh, we're going to go pyrotechnic specialist. You get to blow stuff up. I mean, that's, you kidding me? I get to create magic in the skies over the Disney parks, and I get to do it on a nightly basis with some of the greatest fireworks in the world. Pyrotechnic specialist for me, I would love to be the guy up there on the Mexico Pavilion running the, uh, you know, uh, fireworks over Epcot. That for me would be the greatest. So at number 10, pyrotechnic specialist. What do you guys think about that? Well, I'll jump in here first, uh, Mike, and, and I say as somebody who is a, you know, has moved to Florida recently where fireworks are legal, um, you know, they do sell them here. Uh, I had a blast when uh, 4th of July would come around lighting. I would spend like it's buy one, get two free, right, like right, right. $1,000, like $1,000 lighting off stuff and like, you know, quoting you just to blowing stuff up. So the fact that like I could blow stuff up, make thousands of people happy. And not pay for it. I mean, somebody else is paying for this to do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, that is awesome. I actually should think this would be like higher on the list <laughs> at number 10. Because I'm sorry, I don't care who you are. Blowing stuff up is cool. And, like, the fact that you can, like, do all these crazy, like, I listen, when I would go shopping for fireworks, 
I would sit there and watch the YouTube videos of like the different colors and the different things that all the, the power text would do. And the, and the stuff that Disney does on a nightly basis. I and mean, we, we've all seen the shows. It's incredible. And so to know that you're kind of part of that and you're helping setting it off. That is pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's something that like that you think Disney world, that's one thing that's synonymous with Walt Disney world is the fireworks at night. So the fact that you are the one either pushing the button or in charge of it, or like setting them in their canisters or whatever you're doing that they do every night. That's pretty cool. Do, do you think when they go home though, and they do their own little fourth of July, they're like, Oh, this like, it's like a professional chef coming home, <laughs> and make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Cause you get to deal with some of the coolest, most expensive fireworks in the world when you're at Disney. Uh, it's like a race car driver driving like his Toyota Corolla. That's exactly what it is off. in the slow lane too. At that, in the slow lane, yep. he's like, it's still exciting. I'm still driving a car, but is it that exciting? You know. But man, to do that on a nightly basis and to hear people look, Disney fireworks and that kiss goodnight is has an emotional tug and 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 really pulls on your heartstrings for a lot of Disney fans out there. I mean, some of my greatest memories are watching wishes with riley when she was little and you know her singing wishes in my ear or even you know when happily ever after came along like it's it has it creates those memories we talk about like disney is there to create memories that last a lifetime and the fireworks do that maybe better than most things at disney i mean you can remember the attractions but do you remember a single time you rode an attraction but i do remember seeing you know nighttime spectaculars and being like even as a kid that had a huge impact on me becoming, you know, a Disney fan and, and, and someone who loves the parks. And I think, man, do we miss it so much. Uh, Mike, I, were you excited talking about being a pyrotechnic specialist? I could see you uh, get a little glimmer in your eye because I, could, I know that you probably love fireworks and you love probably setting off fireworks. Were you excited to see the fireworks are back in the Magic Kingdom, even for a very limited time uh, with the castle changes? They're at least doing a little bit of fireworks now. Yeah, because, like I said, I think we talked about it a little bit in the last show, that every little bit of normalcy that starts to come back, it, it's kind of getting back to that normal, you know? And if they're going to start practicing the fireworks, then that means we're going to start seeing it on a regular basis. And little by little, inch by inch, if we can start to chip away at the stuff that used to be there before, it'll be back to somewhat normal or the regular normal that we all know before you know it, which is nice. You know, uh, more restaurants opening, fireworks showing up, the nighttime shows, that that's 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 what Disney's about. And to see that they're going to get back to the pyrotechnic stuff and get into the fireworks and start these shows over again in the very near future is good things to come. Well, and uh, like you said, I mean, blowing stuff up and being able to do it in the happiest place on earth, it has definitely had to make our list. It is at number 10. Like Joe said, it could have been higher. I really could have been because that's a fun one. Uh, we'll move on to number nine, though. Um, for me, this one is a no-brainer. It has to make the list. You maybe have one of the greatest opportunities to create Disney magic as anyone in the parks because you have a direct line of communication with guests uh, each and every minute of each and every day, and you're all over. And that's a Disney PhotoPass photographer. Um, I think they work harder than a lot of uh, people think they do, um, trying to create and get those special shots for families. And, I mean, sometimes the Disney PhotoPass photographers have gone above and beyond. I mean, we were in Galaxy's Edge uh, a couple trips ago, and there was a PhotoPass photographer laying on the ground to get the perfect angle of Riley with her new BB unit she had built. And it's just that kind of stuff is the stuff that makes uh, makes magic. Uh, Joe, if you could be a PhotoPass photographer anywhere in any Disney park, where are you putting yourself? It's funny you say I probably could have put myself um, in front of Spaceship Earth at Epcot. 
Because the reason why is the first time my wife and I went to the parks together when we first started dating, that was like the first photo pass picture we got together. And just seeing Spaceship Earth like illuminated with like the, the gold and the purple and with the, the palm trees right there. It's it's just my favorite. It's my favorite spot. It's my favorite. It's our favorite, my favorite photo of us. And we're wearing ponchos and stuff too. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I don't think it's a very glamorous spot to, to get pictures in front of because it's just, you know, it's just Spaceship Earth. It's not the famous, you know, Cinderella Castle and all that stuff. However, just to me, it's got a personal connection. And I just, I love spaceship earth at night i mean the castle is magical and it's wonderful but just seeing like spaceship earth with its purpleness and just like the, the palm trees around it and just you could even just when you're driving the roads and you see it from a distance i just think it looks awesome i think it's just i think it's one of the best icons at night i really do i think spaceship earth is the best uh weenie in any disney park um i really do i think it's we talked about this on a previous show a while back i think spaceship earth for me is you can show people, you know, uh, look, even Disney fans get it messed up. They shouldn't. But you can show them pictures of Cinderella Castle and Sleeping Beauty Castle, and they'll tell you it's Disneyland, Disney World reversed. You know, they'll get it wrong. You show them a picture of Spaceship Earth, and they say Epcot. Because it's the only one. There's nothing else like it in the world. I mean, it's it's iconic, and it's, it's, you know, so grandiose and so massive, and just the perfect representation of what Epcot is. And there's an attraction inside of it, which is awesome. So. <laughs> that also tells the story of Epcot and of human yeah. history and, you know, all that. Uh, Mike, if you could pick one spot to be a photo pass photographer, where are you going? Uh, I pick a spot that's kind of no longer there, but it's sort of there. Uh, my favorite spot was one of my other favorite you know, icons of the park, and that was the hat in Hollywood Studios. And I would love to have that Main Street shot with the hat in the background. I think that kind of plays to what Joe was saying. I have one of my favorite family pictures of us in front of the hat, you know, on Hollywood Studios. So even though the hat's not there, that would have been my favorite place for a photo pass photographer to get that. I mean, even just Main Street alone, just that look of, of Hollywood Studios is very cool. I think it's underrated sometimes because it's kind of gone through some changes because you have the Hollywood Studio kind of boulevard, you have the, the Main Street going up towards the theater but I, I think uh if you really look at it almost like a studio set you know as hollywood studios is it's got some very cool angles and stuff so i would want to be in hollywood studios i miss the hat being there i'm i'm a you know team hat guy but uh but that would be my spot you think with this coming in at number nine photo pass, photo pass photographers do you do you think people underestimate the importance of these cast members as they walk through the streets of the disney parks Absolutely. I think, I think, listen, we have, uh, you know, Charles Mary is a professional photographer in our group, right? And uh, Rachel, even Jason's wife, and we have quite a few other professional photographers that are in our group. You need to have that special eye to catch that angle, the moment, the lighting, you know, um, you can have a fantastic person and train them to, you know, do specific jobs or, you know, uh, kind of mold them into the, the, the good kind of cast member they should be. But doing photo pass, that's something you really got to have a talent and a skill for. And, you know, you just can't hand somebody a camera and say, hey, you know what, go take a picture. I mean, you can, but you would never have the quality of the caliber of the kind of, of cast members that you get in, the, in a Disney World park. Joe, do you think it's the most... I would say, and I tell new people to Disney this, if you're doing a Disney vacation, right? Let's say a family spending $5,000 on a Disney vacation, okay? Staying at a nice hotel, they have their park tickets, you know, of course, that even include food and all that. And then they look at the cost of $169 for the photo pass for the memory maker. I tell them all the time, it's the greatest value on Disney property. 
because you're you're well, documenting it, your 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 trip. Well, and now for other reasons now the fact that people don't want to touch other people's phones anymore. Well, they won't. So even if yeah. you were, to, you know, say, you know, say, but even if you were to ask like a, a regular guest in the park, hey, you know, some people are just a little like, like weirded out by like, oh, I don't want to touch your phone, whatever. So now it's it, uh, even though you have to take you know photos with your masks on and stuff like that, it still is a good value because how many people were left out of photos? Mm-hmm. The fact that selfie sticks, you know, are no longer allowed. You know, I mean, it's been for a couple of years now, but yeah, it's definitely. I mean, I know we take it for granted as you know pass holders and stuff, but if somebody is not, if somebody's spending all of that money, you're spending you know, five grand on a trip, it's like, dude, just drop the like. It's it's worth the extra money, the 169 bucks, whatever. Just so it's for peace of mind, you get all the ride photos, you get all of the photo to pass photos. I mean, th- th- I mean, before the layoffs, there was photo pass photographers everywhere. Yeah, I mean, so. I mean, it's really, I mean, you could take pictures to your heart's desire. I mean, sometimes you almost have too many photos when you're done at the end of your trip. But um, I definitely agree with that sentiment. Yeah, it's definitely something that, like, it's like, listen, it's, it seems like a lot of money, but, like, in the grand scheme of things of what you're spending, it's really it's really not. And you're going to be happy later on down the line that you have those photos. Well, if I am picking one spot to be, I am uh, with Meet Mickey at uh, right there on Main Street in the Magic Kingdom. So that's where, I, one, uh, I would love to see the kids interacting. I get teary-eyed watching the kids like in line in front of us anyways, sometimes interacting with Mickey and you see, because for some of these families, it's the first time they've either seen Mickey or maybe they only see him once every five or six years. You know, we, like you said, with being annual pass holders, you almost get a little bit jaded to the fact that it's there and you're going to see it again, you know? Um, if anything, this year's kind of opened our eyes to, Maybe that's not the case. So I think once we get characters back, uh, that's definitely the photo pass spot I would want to be at is meet Mickey. Uh, and number two, easy. It's air conditioned. Uh, I'm not standing out in the heat uh, doing photos. So uh, photo pass photographers are one of the greatest jobs at Disney property because you can create those memories, do those magic shots. Uh, it's great. But there's at number eight, there are these amazing people that we miss right now. I do think they'll be coming back eventually. Uh, the street performers of Disney. Uh, talk about one-on-one close guest interaction. Uh, everything from the Dapper Dance to the Jammeters at Epcot. Uh, I love Sergio the Juggler. Um, Citizens of Hollywood. You know, uh, you're talking about the Mariachi Colbre uh, over in Mexico. All of these great street performers that we have lost this year that I do think will be coming back. I would love to be a street performer. Now, I don't have enough skill unless picking your nose with your tongue is a skill, which I can do, by the way. Um, <laughs> I don't have enough skill to maybe be a street performer, but, man, would that be so cool. Uh, do you all stop and take take in the street performers, Joe, whenever you all are there, being there as often as you are? Yeah, I mean, and what you said, as, as annual pass holders, you said some things become jaded. However, those performers weren't out there all the time, so when they were there, mm-hmm. I kind of did stop and take it in. And I said one of my favorites was obviously was it was Streetmosphere, you know, at uh, Hollywood Studios, the Citizens of Hollywood. And just I have so many good memories with my with my my parents, especially my mom. For some reason, my mom was like a magnet. And every time we would stop and interact with them, they would just like focus in on my mom and my mom would just have a ball with them. And it's just really sad. And I said this on one of our episodes of Mickey Dudes. You know, this is actually one of the, the jobs that was, you know, that kind of laid off or eliminated it mm-hmm. right now that I really wish that, like, I, I really miss right now because that really brought that whole Hollywood Boulevard, that brought that that area to life. 
I mean, like it really did. I mean, you can have all the attractions you want, but that was the lifeblood of that area. And now that's not there, it's gone. But they, man, they, they were really good. And you know what? And and you don't even have to be that good. You know, it, all you gotta do is be a smart, smart. You know what? I mean, and yeah. you fit right in with the. I mean, I mean, they were obviously very talented. I mean, they were amazing actors and actresses. But I mean, like, I don't know. It's just it was the heart of that part of the park. And uh, those are just the ones I love the most. What's well, the perfect glue from what Hollywood Studios was meant to be into what Hollywood Studios became? Uh, with it being an actual studio itself and seeing these people and you know transporting you back in time to you know the early 1930s and you know 40s to where you got to interact with all these people that was i miss that so much there used to be um see if you all remember this there used to be a band that played at hollywood studios hadn't been that long ago maybe like six or seven years ago called lawn sweat and shears i think it was called or something like that yard sweat and shears or something like mulch that mulch or something mulch, yeah, oh that's what it was mulch, mulch sweat that's what it was mulch yeah. Sweat and, yep. yeah and shears and uh man i mean katie and i every single time would stop and watch that band i mean every time like that was like our our go-to spot was right there in front of the mickey head at the time we'd stop and we'd we'd watch them i mean mike you know your girls are getting older. Do they appreciate this kind of stuff? Do they appreciate like the street performers now or are they just like attractions and, and food and all that stuff? Uh, no, uh, they do. They do enjoy them. I tell you one that they enjoyed the most out of all of our family trips to Disney was back in Hollywood studios when the street performers would be around a lot more often was the high school musical would throw oh, up these yeah, dance parties right. like every 20 minutes or half an hour, similar to when they were having like the star Wars shows and these big studio sets would come out. And like, like, like Joe said, his wife was, a, his, I think it was his mom was a magnet for that kind of stuff. My daughters were a magnet. They would constantly get brought up. I have so many pictures of them being pulled out of the audience to, you know, get up on stage and beat a drum and, and hang out with them and you know dance around with the street performers so it was cool the the high school musical was a huge part uh, of our years going to uh, Hollywood Studios and Disney World uh, my kids loved the movies and the, and the, the, the TV show from the Disney Channel and uh, it was a huge part of them really enjoying the parks when we went so um, now obviously if we're around you know we'll stop and watch the Juggler and Epcot or you know some of the other ones over at the Dapper Dans I mean how do you not stop and listen to them while they're singing a song so yeah they're definitely part of our family trip now and the girls do enjoy it but in their younger years uh, High School Musical was absolutely huge for us so Walt used to say uh, there's a story um, about Walt was something like this uh, when they first were doing Disneyland and they looked at doing like performers and stuff like that the people said Walt we don't have the money you know we don't have the, the finances to, to add this extra stuff in the parks you want to add and he said well, you have great rides and all that and Ro Walt said something and I'm, I'm you know off the top of my head he said you can have all the great rides and you can have all the great food but if you don't give them more than they expect, then it's not magical. And that's what street performers do. I mean, it's more than you expect. You know, if you're a casual Disney fan walking uh, through Epcot and all of a sudden the janitors are just right there in front of you, you don't expect that. You know, it's it's something that's you didn't pay for that experience, if, if you know what I mean. Like in your head, you paid for the experience of World Showcase, Frozen, Soarin', Test Track, you know, Mission Space. Uh, Spaceship Earth, all that. You didn't pay for the jammeter. So uh, I really hope to see all of these coming back really, really soon. And I think it would be a super cool job as a cast member to uh, create those memories by being a street performer. Um, speaking of Walt, you know, I, both you guys know I, I love 
Walt Disney history, and uh, I love you know learning about Walt himself. Uh, we were just we had a new library open right over here behind our house, and we went the other day, and uh, I told Riley, I said, you can get three books, right? And she got two, and the third one she got was a comic, and it, it was a comic about Walt Disney. And I'd never seen that book before, and I own a ton of Disney books. Um, and I said, all right, you read it, then I'm going to read it, because I'm excited to, to see this and see what they're teaching kids about Walt. Um, we don't have any of this if it's not for number seven. And that is Walt's love for trains. Uh, at number seven, I think one of the coolest cast member, best cast member jobs on property is being a monorail or a train conductor. I, all, I had a hard time with us putting this at seven uh, because, look, this embodies Walt Disney and everything he loved about trains and about the futuristic uh, version of travel with a monorail at the time of Disneyland's opening. Uh, but to be the conductor would be, I think, one of the best jobs inside of a Walt Disney park. Uh, I remember back years and years ago being able to go and ride in the front of the monorail, which I was able to do once, uh, and which was a super cool experience. But uh, for me, being a monorail train conductor is a no-brainer. It had to be on our list, and it comes in at number seven. What are you guys thinking? As well, soon I, as I saw... Oh, go ahead, Joe. No, no, sorry, go ahead, brother. No, go ahead, go ahead. you got it. No, I said so. I, I, I'm sorry to jump in front of you, Mike here, but hmm. uh, I definitely think uh, I'm going to head over with the the monorail. I'll, I'll leave the the train conductor for you know on the side there. But I would say monorail because I think any of us who ever have ridden a monorail, there's always somebody that in the car with you. So I would love to do this job. Like it's <laughs> got to be one of the most besides playing maybe like a princess or Mickey Mouse. It's got to be one of the most requested like job it has to be because yeah. i feel like everywhere i always go there would people always say i want to be a monorail pilot and I, I could speak to this as somebody who grew up in new jersey right outside new york mike obviously you're in, in the city you know we've ridden subways before you know we've ridden you know amtrak and new jersey transit regular trains even people from the tri-state area get excited about riding the monorail because it's it's unique even though the technology might not be like 100 like futuristic now because it's been around for a while it's not something that we have even where we're from. Like riding Amtrak and riding New Jersey trains is not exciting. Riding the PATH trains or MTA subways is not exciting. But you get on that monorail beam and you've got a great view of like all these hotels and stuff. <laughs> and you see the Magic Kingdom in the distance. That's pretty cool. I mean, so I think that's why it's one of the more popular jobs. I think probably one of the most asked jobs about. But that's kind of like my two cents about it. Mike, I don't know if you if you feel the same way about it or not, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, riding a New York City subway can be kind of interesting, but for different reasons, <laughs> not for say, the reasons. What's not of, cool about riding the subway? I get to see things I yeah, never that's, see. You know, that's and a it's whole free different, too. yeah, non-family experience. But you know, I, I think also, you know, like when you talk about Epcot, you know, when you talk about Spaceship Earth, that that signifies Disney. And like you were saying, when you talk about when you see the monorail, I mean, for years, I mean, it's hard to find a Disney commercial where you don't see a monorail in it. I mean, you know, even just the ones that are out recently, you know, you see people getting out the monorail by the Grand Floridian. You see it going through around the parks. Uh, the monorail is definitely unique to Disney. And um, I was I was going to say, I was surprised that we have it on the list here because I know uh, Justin loved being the monorail pilot. I think you even got a little bit of a driver's license. Yeah, right? you got a little card saying you, you did it. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it really stinks that they don't do that anymore. Um, obviously, I, I always try and peek in. The windows are always tinted. I always want to see what the cockpit kind of looks like. I've never really got a good view and. 
Obviously, Justin, you have, and I'm kind of glad I don't because I don't want to be disappointed if it looks like a 1970 Buick. You know, it's really not that technical. In my mind, it's like this cool spaceship thing, but uh, so I, I think I'm probably better off just one of those things you don't see. Uh, and I'm sure if I looked around for it on YouTube, or I'm sure it's there, but I just kind of want to keep my, my my the fantasy in my head of it being really futuristic and space age and not like, you know, an old 80 Buick. Well, you should probably look. There's a great documentary um, about monorails. It was about this town and they had this guy come in his name was mr langley and he um built monorails and so they ended up they built a monorail in their town because they thought that was the best way to spend the cash for the town to get the transit system the best way and they did this um search for the monorail conductor and they got a guy and him and his son he actually brought his son on the monorail and they had this accident and the train started, it just sped off and there was no brakes. And they had to figure out how to get the train stopped because there was all kinds of celebrities on board the train for the original um, original thing. But luckily, uh, the, the monorail conductor was perfect and he was able to get it stopped. So great documentary. Check that out. Uh, it's really, really good. Uh, Mr. Langley was the guy who built the monorail. I just, I just want to add one thing, uh, Justin, is... If and listen, I know when they built the monorail in Walt Disney World, it was really expensive. Like, I mean, I don't mean it was a couple million dollars a mile, I guess, back then. I don't know. But it was it was a pricey. I still say this. If you replace the Skyliner with the monorail, just say you connected Pop Century with a monorail station and you connected, you know, just say you ran a monorail to Animal Kingdom Lodge. The buzz around that would be incredible. Like it would be a thousand times more than what the Skyliner is doing right now. If you had a monorail running all the way all along property it would be definitely be crazy you know why because even though the like you said technology is not new it's futuristic looking like it's yeah, it's, and it's it's, it's odd yeah you don't do it every day you know what i mean like correct and not that you ride gondolas every day either but you're boarding pretty much a, a cab you know what i mean in the air and you're riding it and i love the gondola system it got stuck in the air for over a half hour yesterday um, which people were a little uh, fed up about. But, you know, other than that, I mean, I love the the monorail much better than the gondola system because it is an experience. I mean, it's you're riding an attraction, basically, as a form of transportation. Yeah. So to be able to be the uh, conductor of the train, which for me, that's that's bigger than the monorail for me. But I'm, you know, that's I, I would love to be driving the train around the Magic Kingdom. Man, I mean, that's an experience. Um, I mean, look, they do a whole tour. Of the trains, there's a whole whole side tour you can do with the trains. Uh, let's move on though. Let's move on to number six. When I when I thought of number six, I figured you guys would go, "You're crazy." Number six. This is what you're putting at number six. This might be one of the hardest jobs to do, but I think this job more than any other job presents you with the most opportunities to create individualized magic for families, and that is being a cast member at guest services. Uh, they don't get the love and appreciation that I think they deserve because most of the time, if you're going to guest services, you have an issue. You don't go just to say, Hey, everything was amazing. Um, but they're able to take those issues and they're able to turn them using a little bit of magic. Most of the time, as long as they're, you know, you're not being over the top with things and, uh, use that magic pixie dust to create, you know, make sure your vacation's amazing. Uh, so for me, the guest services cast members, I think they really go above and beyond to make sure you're taken care of. Now, the question is, would you want to be a guest services cast member? Uh, 
Maybe, maybe it depends. It's a, the, the first when I looked at this list, the first thought that came to my mind was double-edged sword. Yeah, because time. you're yeah. right. Like because you're right, you, you could you could make memories and make magic for people, but you could also just you're like the the you're just absorbing all everybody's hate and anger and ups, you know frustrations. The one thing I say that with guest services is, and you're right, nobody goes there when to say, you know what. I'm going to wait in this line and I'm going to tell you it was awesome. Like nobody's going to do that. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to do that it, next trip. I go next week. <laughs> I'm going to be there next week. I'm going to do that at each of the parks I go to. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to say, you know what? I don't even need anything. I just want to tell you I appreciate all of you. Okay? But you know what? That's the one thing. It's like in Disney World, everybody knows like sometimes it's just so hard just to even call the front desk because it's such a big area. It's such a big place. Right. And everything is just like a process. And so it's like to take care of a simple task. Sometimes it takes a lot of effort. And when you have a problem and you go to guest services, if that cast member could just do their basic job and just solve your problem quickly and efficiently, efficiently, that's making magic for somebody. Yeah. It's like, thank you for not making me explain myself 30 times and arguing with you. Thank you for fixing it. Or if I made a mistake or something, you fixed something. I appreciate it. You know, like, and I could just go about my time because everybody knows in Disney world, your time is, is, is a lot. Every minute is, is, it's costing you money because you're only there for so many days and your park time is limited and valuable. So if you have an issue and it can solve it quickly, you know, that's just a basic thing. Like that, that's magic right there. Let alone if they go above and beyond. Like I just went to guest services this past week. I had to activate my annual pass. My nephew also, he's autistic and we started using my brother started using the uh, the act the disability access and she was awesome and she activated my annual pass my wife's annual pass ended the das in like five minutes and even gave us sliders on top so i didn't have to go online and request a magic band just to get the extra slider that i really didn't want the magic band so i said thank you so much i appreciate that little things go a long way huge i mean it's huge you know and i love the motto if you ever look above guest services it goes something like a uh, if you have a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out guest services. Well, you know, something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Mike, would you want to be a guest? You know, out of all of us, I think you're probably the most patient person out of, out of the, you know, I, I, I don't, I can't speak for Joe. I can definitely speak for Jason and I, you're definitely more patient than Jason and I. See, I have the best practice for this job because when I worked at City Field, we were not only we had to wear two hats. We were security supervisors and we were a guest service supervisor. So I had a, I was the supervisor for all of the security personnel and I was a supervisor for the guest service per, uh, staff members. So uh, we had an executive black card. So we had to make things right. So when when one of our guest service staff members couldn't help somebody out it would come to me if a kid got hit with a ball in the stands we would go and buy him a jersey and a ball or whatever it was and um so yeah i if you can deal with disgruntled mets fans for 10 years <laughs> you can certainly deal with people in, in a happy place like disney so uh i could definitely see myself doing that i've had some great practice doing it and if you can do it in new york you can do it anywhere it's true they wrote a song about it <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Look, this is for me. This is my job. If I'm picking one, I think I would. I know it's my child's job. This is what she dreams of doing one day. And it's become even bigger because of the uh, new documentary on Disney Plus that we've been watching as a family together. And that's an animal keeper at Animal Kingdom, uh, either at the lodge or at Animal Kingdom, the theme park. Uh, watching Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom on Disney Plus has made that park more memorable and magical for our family. Because now, 
It's not just Everest. It's not just, um, you know, Bugs Life. It's not just Lion King when you could go, stuff like that. We're going, and we have already have these connections to these animals uh, where we're going, hey, that's the, you know, armadillo that had the baby, and there's the baby, and we saw, you know, and we were there for that moment, even though not in person, we saw it. I think it would be so cool, man, to work with rhinos, lions, you know, giraffes, you know, that may be one of the coolest jobs ever. Joe, are you an animal person? Yeah, I mean, I'm a domestic animal lover. I mean, I love my love dogs. I mean, when I go to Animal Kingdom, I love looking at all the animals. I don't know if I could do this, though, because I probably want to, like, mess around with them. And, like, I, I see – I look around when I'm on these attractions, and these people do a ton of other work. Like, they're cleaning up. Yeah. You, know, you know what? They're throwing hay out there and food. It's a lot – and there are a lot of times they're by themselves. So it looks like a really hard job as well. But it's one of those jobs I think that, like, it, the people that do it, are really dedicated like they have a love for what they do i mean for me i think that i would probably mess around too much i think i would be like wanting to like play with the rhinos i'm probably doing things that like i shouldn't be doing you know like they do that though um, you should have you watched this documentary so i'm gonna real quick um i just had a rant on the mickey dudes about how i rarely watch disney plus yeah but this is one of the things i've been like i've kind of seen on the main menu we kept our subscription and it looks i've some of the other guys on our show have talked about it. It kind of sounds interesting. So I probably, and especially I'm all about park stuff. So it's probably something that I probably will tune in. And maybe I, maybe I should have watched it before coming on the show, but after watching it, maybe I will have a different opinion about it. No, so. dude, this will change animal kingdom for you. It really will. You'll appreciate it more because you get to see all the behind the scenes stuff and you get to learn our last, not this past trip because it was an adult trip, but two months ago when we were at the parks and we had Riley, we spent the entire day at Animal Kingdom with an eight-year-old who did not ask to go on one attraction. Oh, wow. All she wanted to do was go see all the animals that she knew by name. Um, and, you know, we had to go meet, see Casanova. over. At the, we were staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge anyway. Had to go see Casanova at the lodge. You know, we even had a magic. We're talking about guest services. Magical guest services team member who we said, listen, any help you can give us to find Casanova. Uh, and he, came, he went in the back, radioed in to the animal keepers, they, they got on, they located Casanova through his GPS, and then told us exactly where he was over at Kidani. And so we were able to go over so she could see Casanova the bird. And That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> they gps it. They GPS like... all their animals. So he, he was, and he came out, had a map, he circled exactly, you know, it was over by the pool. You know where they usually at Kidani do the nighttime um, movies by the fire pit? <laughs> Casanova was right there, and I, just one of those magical things that a cast member does, a guest services cast member does, to create magic for not only me, but my child. And um, this this documentary will change the way you look at Animal Kingdom as a whole. And it will change the way you look at the animal keepers in Animal Kingdom. Mike, you've watched it with the girls. You all... No, we haven't oh, watched haven't it yet. watched it yet. Okay, Jay's nope, watched nope. it. Matter of fact, we're planning on watching it, especially because we're going now in December. So oh, that's definitely going to be on our list. Yep. You'll appreciate even like looking at the tigers and you know their names or looking at the, like I said, the armadillos or the, you know, the animals maybe you pass by on the way in and you don't give a second thought to. Now mm -hmm. you do this and also you'll start to notice the animal keepers. And you're like, hey, I know you from the documentary and you'll, you'll chat with them a little bit about what's going on and what they're doing. You know, when they're training giraffes to get their nails cut you know, in the back and mm -hmm. they're doing all this. Stuff. It's, it's super cool, man. Um, so yeah, for me, 
Mike, would you want to do this? You love dogs. You're an animal guy. I know you. Would you want to do this, or is this one you're like, eh, I'd rather be face-to-face -face with the uh, with the guests coming in the parks? I think I'd probably skip this one, but I will tell you that if, if this is your trade and your career and is what you want to do, there's probably not a better place in the world to do it. You know, I have a friend who's a uh, who's, who does, I, I'm sure I don't even know what the name is, is, the terminology that works with birds, and obviously started off at the Bronx Zoo, and then he got promoted well he got an opportunity and he's working at the san diego zoo and working at the san diego zoo is like a huge deal and uh, he works with the birds there and um i think getting a job with disney is like one of those you know highlight of your career jobs you know i mean you can get a, you know a job at a local place or a local zoo or a local you know sanctuary but to be able to have that kind of uh, you know uh, name brand under your belt that this is what you do and this is who you work for i think that's absolutely amazing yeah, I, I tell you what, that documentary changed things for me. I, I'm excited for you all to watch that and get back to me and let me know what you think. Because I it really mm -hmm. do think it changes that park. That park was always my fourth favorite park. It's probably my <clears throat> man. It may be second. Really you know what's cool wow. about that though is that it's like your daughter is seeing like like a like a live movie star. Like the animal was a star that she saw on TV. Dude, it's it, literally when we saw Cassin, that was her whole thing. Not many eight-year-olds go to Disney and go, I'm good. And, my, you know, my kid's a thrill junkie, so she loves Everest. She loves, like, she, she loves all this stuff. And she's like, I'm good. I just want to go see, you know, this animal over here or, the, you know, and it's just, it's, it's great, man. It's one of the better things yeah. Disney Plus has done because I find myself like you, Joe, and I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're on the – I don't watch Disney Plus as often as I thought I would a year ago. Yeah, hundred percent. And that, that's the and then real quick, it's like the little mini rant I went off of is like a lot of the Mickey dudes. They watch it a lot. I'm like, guys, I don't. I thought I was gonna watch. I don't watch it because I'm not a Star Wars guy. I've gotten through almost all of the uh, the Imagineering story, mm -hmm. and I'm just kind of like, if there was more park stuff, which just sounds like it is, I'm down for that. But the other stuff, I'm like, okay, I'll watch a movie once in a blue, like my, when my niece and nephew are over. But it's like, eh, I'm not really watching it. You know, it's like so. This sounds like something that like. Actually, after the show, I'll tell my wife about. It. Maybe we'll kind of cue it up because we're starting to look for some new things to watch. Oh, you, so, you yeah. enjoy the Simpsons. I watch religiously on Disney Plus. So let me say this: I do use the Disney Plus app a ton, but only for one show, and that's the Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> and it's it just stays on in our house all the time. Which just so you all know, and you don't go googling. Uh, my monorail reference earlier to the documentary was Homer Simpson as a monorail driver, and uh, Mr. Langley. Monorail, monorail. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Monorail, monorail, monorail. <laughs> Uh, let's move on. Number four. This one is one that I know Katie would love to do. My, my mom, this is her dream job when she retires. And, uh, this is something we have personal experience with, uh, not in the parks, but on the cruise lines. And that's being a fairy godmother at the Bippity Boppity Boutique. Uh, look, I don't see myself doing it. I can barely do a ponytail after eight years. I see you doing it. You see me? <laughs> <laughs> Bippity, boo. Um, but you want to talk about having an amazing job where you're one-on-one -on -one with a child and you're creating a memory that child will have forever. I mean, like, Riley's done it probably five or six times on the cruise lines, and she loves it every time. She's being pampered. I mean, she's being treated like a princess by a fairy godmother. And I know for a lot of people out there, they would love to have that opportunity to interact. You know, we may not be the three best people to be giving our opinion on the Bippity Boppity <laughs> Boutique, but we're going to try. Uh, Mike, 
you have girls. Have you done bippity boppity or is that pre they're a little older now. I know they probably wouldn't do it now, but maybe back in the day they do it. They've done them year after year after year up until about five years ago i think sammy's last time she did it she was probably about 10 9 or 10 around that age and uh so yeah we did it consistently for years then the first couple years sammy was too little obviously because she was there as a baby but uh but yeah i mean that was a huge part of our you know huge part of our family vacation that was always somewhere in the reservation year after year sarah always wanted to go and then it was both girls and then it was just sammy and um you know they did such a great job there and watching the girls do that was one of my last trips when i realized wow this is going to be sammy's like she's kind of outgrown us a little bit Mm -hmm. and i think she kind of did it just for the sake of you know i want to get my last one in and um the realization was there when she was kind of getting her last one done and i'm just like wow this is probably the last time she's gonna be running around magic kingdom in a you know in a princess dress and getting her hair done in the castle and uh it was a little bit of a reality gut check you know kind of uh you can definitely see they're getting older but um huge huge part of my life and thank you to all of the fantastic godmothers that made some amazing family members family memories for me and my girls yeah i mean that's it for me it's uh it's something i love going you know like i said i've only experienced on the cruise line but i love going and sitting up there and watching riley just interact with these cast members they're just they're incredible, and the stories, and it's the stories they tell, and it's the importance they show the child while they're doing it. You know, they care about what the child is saying, and they look a lot of times when you're a kid, and and look when you're a parent of a child who talks a lot, a lot of times you find yourself you kind of may phase out every now and then. You're like, eh, okay, I can only hear that story so many times. This this moment though, this this cast member loves this child. And it's just, that's that's their entire world. They're their fairy godmother. Uh, Joe, how often do you all stop in and get your uh, pixie dust? Uh, it's complimentary. It's free. You can just stop in and they'll pixie dust you. Uh, <laughs> I could say I've never done that before. but um, it, we were, <laughs> You do it at home <laughs> Maybe before should, you leave. Okay, I got it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 But my niece has gotten this done. Now, I haven't been like in the area where it's done. I've seen the finished product, obviously. And uh, I mean, it's pretty cool. I will say this. I'm going to be a little bit more on the realistic side. The fairy godmothers, it's a lot of pressure that's on them because I think over the years as this experience has become more and more like known and it's kind of evolved. And now in a day of social media and everybody's Instagramming everything. I mean, you have to you have to aid and what you're paying for it, too. Number one is and this it's expensive. And for some families, like they, this is like the big thing for the child It's maybe what they can do. And you know what you make, you have to make sure that this experience is a magical experience for the child. You have to make sure that the hair is done exactly how they want it done. And, and just everything is perfect because if it's not, the expectations are so high that, you know, you want to make sure that the, the, the child is happy. So I have a lot of respect for these fairy godmothers because I think they have an incredibly hard job and the fact that they care so much and that, I, I've rarely heard a horror story about it. I mean, that's pretty impressive of what they what they do for that service. So, uh, yeah, I'll pass on this one. Uh, I'll leave this to the professionals, but I think it's pretty impressive what they what they do there. Yeah, I look for me. I it's not my job, my not my my thing. But my, I know speaking to Katie and speaking to Mom, this is something way up on their list. If they were to become a Disney cast member. This would be, if not the top one, it would be right there towards the top. So, uh, Bippity Boppity Boutique, Fairy Godmother, coming in at number four. Let's move on to number three, because this one, I think this one falls on just about everyone's list if you're a Disney fan. 
Uh, it's fallen on people's lists like Kevin Costner, John Lasseter. Uh, lots of other people have done this job as a Disney cast member. And that's a Jungle Cruise skipper. Uh, you know, you get to travel on the backside of water, not once, not twice, but who knows, 30, 40 times a day. Uh, for me, this would be amazing to say you're a Jungle Cruise skipper. Uh, Joe, you see yourself uh, uh, journeying down denial, or are you in denial? No, I <laughs> very nice segue on that one. I could definitely see myself doing this. Um, there's not, I don't think there's too many Disney cast like on 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 stage cast jobs where you have the license to kind of be a smart, you know what? Yeah. And you know, you have like a script to follow, right? But you could put your own twist on it. And we're all diehard Disney fans. We obviously, we were all involved in podcasts. We have friends who do podcasts. And when, there's always, you hear those stories of those amazing jungle skip, uh, jungle cruise skippers. And if you're one of those people, people will never forget you. And if you're a crappy one too, they're going to remember, they're going to remember <laughs> you as well. So, I mean, it's like I said, it's a double edged sword. Like I said about, you know, guest services, but I could definitely see myself doing this. We're all talkers. We all love to tell stories. We all, all love to be smart about things. I know me and Mike definitely were from the tri state area. So that's like built into our genes. So, you know, if it's one of those jobs, if you're in a good mood, you could have a blast. If you're in a bad mood, you could really have fun with it and just take your kind of your your angst out on, on, on the on the guests and still have fun with it. So I could definitely see myself doing this. Um, and I will say this, it's every we've all been on one of those rides where we've had a bad jungle cruise skipper, i just had one and, yeah. it, and, it, and it's it's pretty like an awkward moment it's like so i definitely you have to bring it every day but i think that's something i could definitely do yeah i just when we were down there i was on the the jingle cruise with dan rossi and it was about two minutes in and we both just looked at each other like what is happening uh we've had amazing jungle cruise skippers but i think it was maybe his first day he had just been called up from the bullpen and uh, he he was reading pretty much the, from the cards. It seemed like you know he's like, let me show you my the favorite plants. That one, <laughs> that one, that one. You know, and just stuff like that. So, uh, but but then we've had amazing ones too that are just so funny. And it, it, the Jungle Cruise, it's like going to see a comedian, right? If the audience is laughing, you find yourself laughing. So if you get in a good boat. And you get with good people that enjoy the corniness of it, it makes it all the better. So you got to think, man, those Jungle Cruise skippers are dealing with people who don't understand what it is. You know what I mean? And they're dealing with Disney nuts like me who gets to the backside water. And I'm like, yeah, backside of water, you know, like screaming. <laughs> uh, so it's for, for me, this would be way, way up there. Mike, would you uh, would you see yourself uh, skippering one of these boats? I think it would be a fun job. I have a friend who uh, did the Disney program, and his dream job was to be a skipper. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't get to be that take that dream dream job on. He got to do some other cool stuff around Magic Kingdom, but he said that was one of the most sought after jobs. When you know, and you really have to uh, sell yourself when you when you kind of audition for that position. And uh, it's definitely an audition. I mean, you really got to come to you got to come to play when it comes to that. You got to have the delivery. You have to have the wit, and you have to be able to read the crowd too. Like you were saying, it's all a matter of how your boat is. And if you got a great boat, then your job is easy. If you got a boat where they're kind of stale and flat, man, that's going to be a tough one to get the crowd up. I will tell you this though, and maybe you'll agree with me, Justin. Out of all all of our Disney family, you know, we know a lot of them. We know a lot of them personally. 
If you could pick the one person out of our entire Disney podcast family who would be the best Jungle Cruise captain, you tell me who you're thinking, and I'll tell you who I'm thinking. Scott Zobel. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Because he has that funny wit that you could just come out with, yeah. and the one-liners, and the he would definitely be, if, if I had to pick any one of my friends, I would love to have Scott Zobel uh Captain He's got that a, dry Jungle delivery Cruise too, man. which I love. You know, that's like if you ever spend perfect. time with him. He'd be perfect. Uh, let me give you a couple other John Cruise skippers. Maybe you, you know, you've heard of Kevin Costner, you've heard of the great John Lasseter, but let me give you a couple more while we're talking. Uh, let's talk about skipper Brandon Clayla. Uh, you were thinking, who is this? One of my favorite places at Disneyland or Walt Disney World is to go have a beverage and some fun at Skipper Canteen, uh, or I'm sorry, at Trader Sam's. And uh, he is the person who created Trader Sam's uh, Tiki Bar, Disneyland, and at, uh, at the Disney Polynesian Resort. Um, he did as a tribute to skippers everywhere, it said. Um, let's talk about skipper Lorne Hoskins. Now, I don't know. I had a child that fit perfectly with this age. Um, he was one of the duos of Sharky and Bones on Disney's Jake and the Neverland Pirates. I know Joe doesn't miss an episode, so he probably knows who that is. Uh, <laughs> but he's there. Uh, this one is great. And I might know it by the last name, okay? Skipper Rick Wetzel. Anybody want to jump on board? Skip Wetzel? No? Or Rick Wetzel. Uh, he used to twist his mic cord around his fingers so long, and it ended up giving him the idea for Wetzel's pretzels. Hmm. Uh, Skipper Grant Bacciaco, uh dried off his boots, it said, and he did as a uh, was a puppet master for Mystery Science Theater 3000 and the Muppets. So there's been lots and lots and lots of people who go on to great and amazing things that have left the boat, left the uh, the river, and have moved on, and they've uh, they've created magic in other ways. So uh, for me, John Cruise Skipper, number three, makes complete sense. Let's move on to number two. We'll touch this one delicately. Guys, we're going to chat a little bit about uh, what I think would be one of the coolest, uh, coolest jobs. If you have a very young child in the car, you might want to skip ahead a little bit, uh, and, and just a little heads up. Uh, if you are thinking of a job at Disney that you want to do, um, for me, this is a absolute no brainer. Uh, and that's being a Disney character. Uh, being a Disney character for me is, I, I don't know how you can see more magic in a child's eye than being a face character or, or another character in the parks and getting to interact with those kids. Um, now my question to you guys is this. If you had, if you got to be any Disney character, okay, who would you want to be? Joe? Joe? Uh, am I? <clears throat> can I bring back a, a expired character? Of course, yes. Uh, uh, Dreamfinder. I was just going to. I was going to jump in and say, I uh, bet Dreamfinder. Now I don't have any like facial hair, so I'm going to need some help with that. Yeah. You know, with the you know the, the <laughs> curly the curly mustache and stuff like that. But absolutely, Dreamfinder. I mean, I want to have figment on my arm and. I mean, I still don't know why he's not back. It makes no I mean, sense. Like, it makes absolutely no the, sense. The line to see him would be, I don't wait in line for characters. I would wait a long time for that character, for that meet and greet. Dude, Figment is the face of Epcot. We've talked a little bit about, don't get rid of Figment. I'll lose my mind. I'll pick it. I'll do, you know, whatever I need to do to keep Figment there. Figment's not going anywhere. Walking around food and wine, he's everywhere. I bought way too much food and wine merchandise. He's on your shirt right now. He is on my shirt right now. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I'm wearing a Figma shirt. This is from, what, 2016 food and wine? 
Um, yep. He is the face of Epcot. Why in the world do we not have a Dreamfinder figment retro meet and greet? I understand Dreamfinder's not in the attraction anymore. This can be discussed on end, and we have discussed it on this show, that the attraction was much better before than it is now. I love the attraction now, but I'll take Dreamfinder any day. I think the four-minute uh, intro you know, scene with Dreamfinder is perfect. It, is, it describes perfectly what that pavilion's meant to be. Uh, so for me, and look, Dr. Nigel Channing, for me, look, creepy moon guy. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Ah, we don't need awful. you. <laughs> He's horrendous. It's horrendous. I'll take Dreamfinder in. You know what? It, 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 it's just, it's like driving, like you had the perfect example. It's like driving a, like, $200,000 sports car. And then all of a sudden they give you a golf cart. And you're like, oh, awesome. <laughs> this is fun. You know what I mean? Uh, I love Figment. Figment's my, my main man. I buy his merch. I wear his clothes, obviously. Uh, but for me, man, uh, Dreamfinder has got to be back in the parks. And it's got to yes. be Joe Q doing it. Amen, brother. <laughs> I love it. Mike, you can be one character. Who are you going to be? Well, if I'm not going to be Dreamfinder, I'm going to go with Gaston. Really? Okay. <laughs> you going to get a push-up contest there in the, uh, the Magic Kingdom? Yeah, and, you know, I like his sarcastic and, you know, uh, pompous attitude. And, uh, you know, I think he'd be a great – he's a great meet and greet. I think he's very underrated also. I think a lot of, a lot, a lot of people go to see him, and um, I think he doesn't get as much love as he deserves, you know. I think he's a very misunderstood guy. So I think uh, Gaston would be my choice. Jason's cringing right now. I know. I did that purposely. He's absolutely <laughs> cringing right now. He hates Gaston. He hates Gaston. Uh, mine's easy. Before we move on to our number one – I'm going to be Tinkerbell flying over the Magic Kingdom. So um, enjoy it. I'll wave to everybody, and uh, and I'll be Tinkerbell. Joe's looking at me like, really? Okay, let's do this. Uh, no, no surprise. <laughs> tell me that wouldn't be one of the coolest jobs, though, to get to fly I over. I to see that. Tell me, tell me it wouldn't be the coolest job to fly over the Magic Kingdom with all those people and fireworks going off behind you. That would be pretty cool. Like, you're ziplining pretty much. I- I've heard stories it's not that easy like that. Like wh- whoever plays it, which I've heard it's been men and women, uh, that like when they hit the top of the roof of like in Tomorrowland, like you have to do certain things. Like I think there's a battery pack on you too, whatever. Like there's, some, I don't know, there's all kinds of stuff going on when they're ziplining down from the castle. So I don't know. But it's, it doesn't sound like it's super easy. You have to be really prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Well, if you're a parent, you can now tune back in let your kids come back those young young kids we do not at any point on the show want to ruin any magic for any kids that's for certain so we wanted to uh, give you a heads up and let's move on to our number one that is of course being one of our favorite people uh on on planet earth we love him to death uh he got this he had this amazing job and uh we'll do it again very shortly that is being a vip tour guide now I have experienced the VIP tour. Have have you guys, Joe? Have you ever done one? No, not yet. We talked about it and been close, but we need to do it one day. Okay. Uh, I I will speak from experience. Now, I am talking about uh, uh, an experience that was second to none. It is Disney concierge service uh, that I've never experienced before. Being able to just be whisked in between the parks. And, you know, you bypass the queues, you do all this. It's absolutely great. But that's not the best part. The best part is the VIP tour guide. The VIP tour guide who is there 
telling you stories and and teaching you history of the parks and just as a guide not only through the parks you know we all know the parks like a back of our hands but but he's a guide through the story of the parks or she it is an experience that is second to none um if anyone gets to experience it these these cast members are incredible at their jobs what they have to go through to become a vip tour guide is one of the hardest things to do on disney property and for me it is an absolute no-brainer uh that being having one of the coolest jobs on property at number one would be being a vip tour guide you are paid to literally go to disney every day every day you're paid to ride attractions you're paid to eat Disney food. You're paid to uh, hang out with families who most of the time, I would say, are very excited to have their VIP tour day. Um, for me, you get to meet very cool people. You know what I mean? So for me, being a VIP tour guide is by far the greatest job on Disney property. Could you see either of you donning the vest and becoming a VIP tour guide? Many things I could probably do on this list that wouldn't be one of them. I do not have the, the 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 pay. I do have the patience, but not the patience, and I don't have the that level of customer service that you you have to be on all the time. And uh, you know, we know what a fantastic job that they do. So I, I couldn't even hold a candle to what that what their job entails. Yeah, Joe. I think I could do it. I mean, but like I agree with Mike, I'd have to find my patience. <laughs> You'd have to. You know, you'd have to really like, just, per- yeah, you just really have to find patience. I mean, that's, that's the best way I could say it because, you know, you, you're gonna deal with all kinds of different people. You're gonna deal with like crazy Disney fans like ourselves that know a lot, and you're gonna deal with people who have no idea what they're looking at. And you have to find that balance of who your audience is, the situation, what's going on. Like, what is the park busy that day? Is it raining? Is it not? Are they needy? They not needy? I mean, there's a lot going on besides just like providing like the history and stuff. So it. like i said patience and i could see how that would be a really hard job because that's something for because we've all heard stories about celebrities going to the parks and you know those are the people are getting assigned to them so you the company does not call myself a celebrity joe well (laughs) listen in my world you are right you know i'm honored to be on the show right now but you know you got you got to put your best foot forward and they have to put their best people forward and i think like i said i think i could do it it's, it's all about finding my patience and knowing your audience yeah i mean I, for me it's to be a vip tour guide and i'm speaking just you know from my from the couple that i know uh personally and also just whenever you see them throughout the parks i think maybe only second to to the what came in at number 2 you have to have a passion for what you're doing. Uh, you really have to. You really have to have a passion for not only that. You have to have a passion for Disney in general. It would be really, really hard to be a VIP tour guide at like Advanced Auto Parts. You know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, am I that excited about a catalytic converter? Mike's like, yes, I am. Um, well, you know, yeah. Uh, but you have to love the parks, the history, the, the commitment to story. You have to love Disney as a whole and not only be able to love it, but you also have to be able to present it in a fun, engaging way to people with multiple personality, different personalities, depending on what family you have. You know, some people might not want that. You have to be able to read people. I think that job more than anything 
Yes. You have to absolutely be able to instantly know what your audience is, whether it be, uh, you know, a family of three or a family of 10. You know, you, you have to pick up instantly, hey, this family wants to slow down. They could care less about the history of Disney. They just booked this to bypass the queues. You know what I mean? And to, and, uh, to get the the car service in between the parks. like, And then there's going to be those people like us. If we all went, they go, look, I, I like to ride stuff. Tell me about that tree. And the person who's listening right now knows exactly what tree I'm talking about because we had a long discussion about this tree. Uh, tell me about that tree. You know? And, and that, for me, is more than riding... It's a small world for the 60th you know, time. It, it, I, VIP tour guide is able to really tell the story of Disney better than anyone else on property. Um, it's a very select few people who are able to do that. You know, it's a very expensive thing. Um, but if you're able to do it, you have a very unique opportunity to learn about the parks, the history, uh, the man himself who created them. And not only that, you have a really good opportunity to learn about that cast member in particular, who is guiding you through your day um, because they are a wealth of knowledge and they do love Disney. So uh, really, if you ever get to do that, take advantage of that. Talk to them. Spend time. Don't rush. You know, look up, look around, learn, you know, and, and just enjoy your day. So that's my advice to anyone who is thinking about doing a VIP tour. Um, for me, that is the best job at Disney. You have a direct line with the, uh, with the guest. And uh, also, look, you're going to Disney and you're making money. You're going to Disney. You're riding attractions. You're riding attractions and making money. So, for me, number one, VIP tour guide. Fellas. Can't argue with that. Fellas, uh, working our way through this list tells us one thing. There's lots of great, great jobs for cast members at the Disney parks. Is there anything that was left off this list that immediately, when you saw it, thought, eh, I would probably add this on there? I have one. Okay. <laughs> and I, I always say this, Justin, and uh, I always joke about how this is what I want this to be my retirement job, but I want to be a bus driver. And it's you for a couple of different. Me and you were just like, where's bus would... driver? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead serious. You want to know why it's a bus driver? Because number one, everyone always talks about the bus driver knowing all of the gossip, right? But I will say this. I, I don't know. I love taking people from, I would love to take people from place to place. The the bus driver, people are always happy when you show up and they're always happy when they drop you off. So there, people are usually happy. With, like when you get off the monorail, it's rarely you say thank you. But when I get off the bus, I always say always. thank you to the bus driver. Always. So, I mean, like you could be have a really crappy day or a really long day in the park, right? And you're waiting for your bus. When that bus rolls up, you are happy to see that bus driver because you're like, I want to go back to my room. So I don't know. I always say that like I, I love Disney property. I love the fact that, like, if I was a bus driver, I could go and drive around and see all these amazing resorts. And, you know, as a bus driver, I mean, my wife laughs at me. I will usually, before COVID, I would stand right behind the yellow line, and I would watch the screen and what they're being dispatched to. and be like, okay, well, after this, he's going from Saratoga. He's going to Epcot now. Like, I would, like, want to see it. I would listen to the radio. Like, I'm that much of a geek about it. And it as a bus driver, you're driving all over the property. You're not just riding one route back and forth. They're sending you all over the place. So your day is never the same. Now, granted, it could be a little crazy because the roads around Disney are a little dangerous sometimes. But you know what, though? 
it's you meet some great people. You meet all kinds of people that get on your bus. Uh, you go to different resorts all the time. No day is the same. And everybody is, for the most part, happy to see you. So I, I would always say I like to be a bus driver. Sounds crazy, but that's everybody's different. I like that. And I'll add on to it. I would like to be a boat captain. Uh, Absolutely. That would be really fun uh, to be a boat captain, uh, to take people around. Uh, Mike, if you had to think of one, maybe they didn't make the list. Do you have anything off the top of your head? Uh, I would want to do something, honestly, but the thing that I would really love to do because I was kind of involved with it with my regular life would be undercover security. And for the sake of protecting people in the park is obviously a great thing, but to be able to be undercover and kind of just walk around and and people watch, because people watching is a great thing to do in Disney. You know, Jay's talked about a million times about sitting on a bench with a coffee, just kind of watching the families come around the bend and seeing the castle for the first time. So to be able to be that as like an observer and not in uniform or even in uniform, you know, either way, just to be someplace and a presence where you can kind of watch what's going on. And listen, if you're doing security, your job is to watch the people and watch the surroundings. So I think doing that would be a great job where you could really take in the the vibe, the livelihood and the the overall fun that people are having. I, oh, I 100 percent agree. Uh, that would be and you know what? Security um, is really probably could have been on the top 10 list because man, you talk about direct interaction and, and with, with guest members or, you know, guests coming in and stuff like that. Uh, for me, and I've said it before on this show and, and I've said it a lot of times, I think I would want to be custodial and here's why mm-hmm. everyone says you're crazy. You're not limited to where you can go. So if you're custodial in Epcot, you're interacting with the public. It, I, I, Joe, I have had some of the best conversations with any cast member I've ever I've ever talked to with custodial. They appreciate their jobs. They love making magic when they can. And stopping and talking to him, I, I stopped and talked to a, a cast member. He was retired. Uh, he, you know, he held a job. For, 40 years on like a, a, a board, you know, I mean, like, and he's, he said, we moved south and I was bored. I didn't know, I didn't know what to, so I got a job, you know, and I'm like, dude, you've lived an amazing life. And now he's like, now I walk around Epcot and I, you know, the kids are running around having a blast. He's like, my grandkids still live up north, so I don't get to see them. And, uh, that for me is just, I think would be one of the coolest. Yes, it has its downfalls, but I think that would be one of the coolest jobs because you are face to face with the public the entire time and you're not limited see, I, see I, I thought you picked that because like your photo pass spot um most of the restrooms and stuff are air conditioned so you just wanted to duck <laughs> out of the sun well not just that in the air conditioning i know disney restrooms better than anyone on planet earth so i told a story on our patron last week about my uh, adventure on soren which i'll tell you off the show since they've already heard it uh but yeah it's uh it was it was good i know disney restrooms better than most um Guys, look, I, I love I love doing this. Joe, thank you so much, man, for, for coming on. It's, it's always so much fun to have you. Uh, but, you know, looking around and, you know, at number eight, number nine, PhotoPass photographers, uh, come on. There's so many opportunities, right, Mike? Yeah, you know, the, like we were talking before about how the PhotoPass uh, photographers capture some amazing moments. You know, our Disney family is really good at capturing moments, too, and they post them on our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page, we have the thing that I love, and it's Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. It's time for it's time us for to get our Picks of the Week. 
Joe, as you know, my favorite thing every week is Picks of the Week. And since you are a special guest this week, why don't you tell me what's your favorite Disney Dad Pick of the Week? So um, I was looking through your guys, uh, your photos on your, your page, and uh, it looks like there was a certain little uh, little guy who was celebrating a second birthday. I believe his name is uh, Hero. He's celebrating with Mickey. It looks like he had a pinata, and he looks like he was beating the crap out of it with a bat and that looks <laughs> awesome it looks like fun it was posted by emilio uh portilla so or portilla so uh, it just looked a lot of fun it looked like a little guy just enjoying a birthday and a family raising him the right way with mickey mouse in his life so uh that was just really cool i mean who doesn't love a pinata right especially with you know you beat it up and there's all kinds of goodies inside so especially a mickey pinata <laughs> no so doubt that's yeah. what, that's what, that's what i'm going with happy birthday buddy happy happy birthday happy birthday good pick Justin, what do you got for me, bud? I'm gonna go with uh, with one of my buddies. I talked to him today, and that's Derek Pitzer, man. They uh, they're doing an adult trip. They're down at Disney right now, and uh, I'm not just gonna pick one picture. I'm gonna pick lots. I mean, he's been posting lots of pictures of not only through Epcot but through Magic Kingdom and Hollywood Studios and all the great fun they're having. Uh, a trip that they definitely uh, uh, are having are enjoying and, and having a good time. But they needed this, you know. That's it's. They haven't been to Disney in a little while, and being down there on an adult trip is so so much fun. So I'm so glad to see they're having a blast. Uh, Mike, what about you, bud? Yeah, well, great pictures, Derek. I've been enjoying them, especially because I'm kind of really in the mood now because I'm getting to go back soon myself, you know. So uh, watching your walk in Magic Kingdom and the crowd levels and whatnot really got me amped up. So definitely a good pick. Uh, my pick's going to go to one of our near and dear friends, and that's Roxanne Roscoe. And Roxanne posted that 2020 has given us so much to be thankful for despite losing out on so much. It was Jordan's year to set the table for dinner, and she arranged the plates in Mickey ears and gave everyone at least at the table a pair of ears to wear. Happy Thanksgiving, Disney family, Ohana. And uh, we just passed Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our Disney family. Great picture, Roxanne. And uh, you have my pick of the week. If you haven't done so yet, make sure to go and join our Facebook group, Disney Dads Podcast Facebook family on Facebook. You can also find uh, all of our information on our website, www.disneydadspodcast.com. There you can find links to uh, all of our social media, but also our email. We love getting your emails, disneydadspodcast at gmail.com. But more than anything, we love hearing your voice. And you can give us a call at 317-939-3237. 317-WDW-DADS. Leave us a message. We would love to play your message on an upcoming show. And last but not least, while you have that phone in your hand, you can give us that virtual hug right now by going to iTunes, slapping five stars if you like the show. If you like the fact that we're trying to spread Disney positivity around the world, uh, slap five stars, leave a nice comment, and we really appreciate that. It helps us grow the show, helps us reach more and more people. And if you're interested in becoming a part of our patron, we really, really appreciate all of our patron. That link is posted right below here. You get special access to not only the Facebook group, uh, special um, um, uh, content on every single episode, but also... We pop on and we do extra shows every now and then just for our patrons. So get on there for as little as $2 a month. You become part of our patron family and uh, get access to all that extra stuff. Uh, gentlemen, I've had an absolute blast. Joe, I cannot thank you enough, buddy. Uh, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. I got the call. I was all stoked to come on with you guys. So. This it, It's like it's like calling uh, the bullpen and it gets answered on the first ring. And I'm like, yes. All right. My closer's coming in. Here he is. Uh, Within seconds. It was. It was right there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I know your time is valuable, man. And we always love chatting with you. It's so good to catch up, dude. We really appreciate you. Uh, before we leave, though, I want you to let all of our Disney family know where can they catch you. you got some amazing shows, amazing stuff you do there. 
Sure, yeah, it could be found. I always say Twitter, but I'm not really on too much on Twitter, but on Twitter at Joe Quat, on Instagram at Joe Quat. Uh, I'm also over at the resortloop.com, uh, DVC Roundtable, and over at the Mickey Dudes podcast uh, over there uh, pretty regularly as well. Fantastic. Mike, buddy, I appreciate you. Uh, any closing words for the Disney family here? No, uh, Joe, thanks for coming on. As always, it's a pleasure having you on. You know, my, my brother from up here in the Northeast, and uh, it's nice to have a familiar voice on the show, and uh, I'm glad you can make it tonight. I'm interested on having you jump on the Patreon with us. The Patreon's always so much fun. And uh, listen, for all of our Disney cast members doing those amazing jobs, we truly appreciate what you do. And uh, with that... I'm all good. Have a good night, guys. Yeah, guys. Uh, if, and for all the cast members, too, that have been uh, either furloughed or laid off, we are here for you. We've done shows, uh, you know, look back and then do our cast member special, listen to it. Um, we're here for you still, though, and we cannot wait until all this is over and you're back in the parks. Whether you are a photopath photographer, you are a street performer, you, uh, you know, work as an animal keeper, you are the bippity-boppity anywhere jungle cruise skipper, we want to see all of you real soon and with that guys have an awesome night patron family stand by we'll be chatting with you real soon have a good night everybody good night from mike justin and myself we want to say thank you and remember always keep it disney Each of us has a dream, a heart's desire. It calls to us. And when we're brave enough to listen and bold enough to pursue, that dream will lead us on a journey to discover who we're meant to be. All we have to do is look inside our hearts and unlock the magic within. Ready to begin, let the and that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.